Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Christy Delmuto, Senior Director of Strategic Marketing at LLR Partners. Christy, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Excited to be here. So Engage Your Tribe is brought to you by Tribal Knowledge Podcasting. We're a full-service B2B podcasting agency, and we help brands use podcasting as a fun and efficient way to have authentic conversations with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. You can learn more at tribknowledge.com. So now, Christy, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background in marketing and about LLR Partners. Sure. Sure. So again, thanks for having me. Excited to be here and have um, a funny connection to some of your former or recent interviewees. So the short version is that I started my career in public relations at an agency. So I cut my teeth from a storytelling standpoint with traditional media and with relationship building with reporters and editors. Don't want to date myself, but this was pre-Facebook. This was Mm -hmm. before blogs really became a thing. They did shortly after I started my career. Then I moved in-house to manage public relations and social media on the corporate side for a larger organization or larger company. And that was a great experience because I gained a lot more exposure and appreciation to the full scope of marketing. So there were product marketing people, email, automation, events, webinars, things like that. And so just sort of being surrounded by that was very eye-opening. And then 10 years ago, I joined LLR Partners full-time. They were actually my client back in those PR agency days. So Mm -hmm. I knew the firm. I knew enough about private equity to be a little bit dangerous, but certainly had had a big learning curve coming in full time. And LLR Partners is a lower middle market private equity firm, which means that we're investing in businesses who've matured beyond startup stage. So past kind of the venture capital stage. And now they could be anywhere from 20 to 100 million, maybe even up to 200 million in revenue, but they need another round or their first round of capital and a strategic partner to help them accelerate through to their next stage of growth. So interestingly enough, just last month, we announced an investment with Sales Boomerang, and you just interviewed their VP of Marketing, Richard Greiser, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, shout out to Richard. And in fact, we, we just helped them launch, the, launch a podcast just That's a little great. bit ago, too. So uh, definitely check it out. It's called uh, Mortgage Masterminds. For anybody who's interested. So now when we spoke a few weeks ago, you said that a lot of the founders, the types of founders that you guys work with, feel that VC firms like yours need to earn the right to have a conversation with them. So what do you mean by that? So I got that phrase from one of our own portfolio company CEOs. About a year ago, I was doing my own customer journey exercise and I was interviewing CEOs of our most recent investments at the time, because I wanted to understand their mindset very, very early in their journey when they were just starting to think about raising private equity long before they ever talked to us. And I loved that phrase, earning the right to a conversation. So if you put yourself in the CEO's shoes, they're, you know, any CEO of a growing privately held business could be getting a dozen or more email pitches from private equity firms every day. And they want to, in air quotes, schedule a quick chat to get to know their business. Mm-hmm. But have, those CEOs do not have time. <laughs> you know, as much as they may want or need private equity today or become, you know, an active buyer soon enough, 
they don't have time to talk to every firm pitching them. So how can they possibly decide when to respond and who to respond to and who to spend their time with? And any one of those CEOs will also tell you that 95% of those pitches sound exactly the same. Mm. So at LOR, starting to understand that customer journey and the fact that CEO, you know, told us that, that you really have to earn the right to that conversation has evolved to us, you know, recognizing that it takes efforts like demonstrating a clear depth of knowledge in the CEO's industry, showing that you did a little bit about, of homework about the company first and providing like a quick taste of how LLR adds value beyond writing a check. And all of those things can be done in a short email. You don't have to write a book every time, but that extra effort in, in, in the way that we're sort of constantly honing the approach to show that effort and to show that value and that knowledge about somebody's space has enabled us to earn the right to that conversation with the CEO. And we hear it, we hear the feedback you know, even if someone replies to, you know, a cold email from us, they'll say, hey, thanks for your email. You know, I got 10 of those today and yours is the only one I'm responding to because mm. you clearly know what you're talking about and you spent time trying to understand my business. Yeah, that makes sense. So now what role does your team play in in building that trust and, and developing that relationship. Yeah. So from a marketing standpoint, I have a mighty team of three professionals and uh, some great agency partners and interns, and we are focused on influence. So in private equity, like many other areas, like we're not in a transactional space mm -hmm. and we're not at a stage of investing where we could try to, you know, generate net new inbound leads. That's just not usually how private equity works. But what we can do is be really creative and we can be really targeted about how we influence those CEOs to first take our call. And then once they do, how do we nurture LLR's relationship with them over time? So we're in, you know, to equate it to a, to a software company, we're in a very long sales cycle. It mm -hmm. could be a few months, it could be a few years before that company is ready to raise capital. And it's a long relationship building process. And so throughout kind of their customer journey with LLR, while we know they're probably also talking to a lot of other private equity firms, that we're trying to spot all the different places where from a marketing standpoint, we can help differentiate our LLR and help continue to earn the right to be part of that conversation. So give me an example of, of what that looks like in practice. So there's, I'd say there's kind of three big ways that marketing is dry, trying to drive that influence. Content is the big one. And for the past five years, we've published our own branded content series called Growth Bits. Twice a month, they're easy to digest, 1,200 words or less. Posts that are on key growth levers that help, we know, help our portfolio companies grow based on the fact that we've been doing this for 20-something years. And we've got teams of former growth company leaders, former CROs, CPOs, CFOs, who've been there, done that. And so what we do is we work with our portfolio company executives and those members of our value creation team to try to codify how growth happens. And the number one criteria for those posts is that they're really actionable. And as an example of that, recently we heard a story where there was a post from our head of our go-to-market strategy on that value creation team. His name's Jairo Romero. He's a former CRO. And he wrote about how the best go-to-market teams optimize their strategies during the pandemic and why kind of coming out on the other side 
or at least as far as we are to the other side at this point, how they are now sort of have a leg up on their competitors. And so there was a company that we'd been nurturing for quite some time. And we knew based on the data on the back end that their leadership team subscribed to our content, they read our growth bits regularly, but we hadn't won you know, exclusivity for the deal yet. And on the final meeting where we were going into to try to seal up that deal, the first thing one of the people on our leadership team said to us was, wow, Hiro's gonna be mad at me because I still have a lot of things to do on his list. What a great post. Mm. So we had created that influence through content delivered in a reasonable way. We're not overloading them with content, but it's digestible, it's relevant, and it's actionable. And he was reading it on a regular basis. And by the time our investment team walked in the door for that meeting, he already kind of had an idea of who LLR was and how we could mm. add value in his head. So that's where we were able to offer influence. Okay, great example. And so how did, how do you go how do you go about coming up with ideas for content that align with the needs and interests of your audience? It's mm, a great question. Well, we we have the subset of our audience right within our portfolio companies. And so I try to stay connected to them through our portfolio company network, which I also manage under my umbrella. And we, you know, try to make sure we're on top of like what are their biggest challenges every year? What did they want to talk about to each other? We do run forums pre-COVID. We did in-person annual summits with the different functional leaders for our portfolio companies. In the past two years, these have been all virtual. This year in 2022, we're hoping to get back together in person. But through those conversations and through the brainstorming for those, we find out, you know, we do a lot of surveying and one-on-one conversations and we find out what's, what matters to them. And then at the same time, LLR has now, you know, deep value creation team who are all of these former um, leaders and, and strategists from growth stage businesses or have worked in consulting with them. And they're talking to these companies every day. So I will go to someone on that value creation team and I'll say, okay, head of product, what's the, what question did the product leaders at our portfolio companies ask you five times in the last mm. six months? You must have heard the same thing over and over again. So if they're all asking that question, that means our audience is asking the same question too. How can we try to help them with that through a piece of content? Yeah, that really makes sense. Love that strategy. So over your years of doing this, what have you learned about how not to go about building relationships with clients? You know, what are some things that you no longer do because you've learned from, you know, hard experience, like, oh, that's, that's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the simplest answer is not to be assumptive you know, and it comes back to earning that right to a conversation. You have to show that you respect their time. You respect that they're trying to run a business there. It, you know, the CEO is under tremendous pressure to stay afloat, let alone grow. And this is a really, really big decision. You know, we're talking about potentially taking on a capital partner, which means an ownership stake in your business. For us, that could be the majority stake or a minority stake, which is another point of differentiation. We don't necessarily own the majority or buy in full, you know, these companies we're investing in. But but it's it's not assuming that just because we're reaching out and we're the ones that could write a big check that they're going to talk to us. So recognizing that, yeah, they, they need to they need to feel kind of off the bat that we could be a good 
partner to them? And how can we do that, you know, through a simple email pitch or a cold call, respecting, again, respecting their time, respecting the fact that this is a tremendous distraction from running a day-to-day business. Mm -hmm. And we're here to be sort of helpful and humble through the process when they're ready. So it sounds like in, in a way, it's kind of like being humble. It's important mm-hmm. to to take what you do seriously, but not take yourselves too seriously and and right. really have the mindset of serving your customer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, there are actually like three kind of big parts of, of how we're trying to, from a marketing standpoint, earn that right to the conversation. How do we help yeah. drive that influence? The first one is content. The second one is more experiential. And that could be through in-person events. That could be through mm-hmm. virtual, you know, kind of micro engagement opportunities. That could be through something as simple as, you know, the ebook that we produce every year that gathers the content together. But while it's a big piece of content, the experience of how we're delivering it to them and that we are printing copies of it and we're putting it in the mail with a handwritten note, that's an experience with the OLR brand. And so mm-hmm. then the third piece of it is that brand. So all of these different pieces and parts, and there's a bunch more kind of really sort of bubble up into that overall brand. And what we're really trying to communicate through our website, through our content, through consistent, high-quality LinkedIn posts is that LLR is a sharp, helpful, partnership-oriented investor, and that we recognize that we do need to earn that conversation with you. It's not an automatic. Mm -hmm. Great. So a couple quick questions here at the end. Mm -hmm. First, what's been your main focus in Q1? So LLR has grown from about 35 to 100 people in my 10 years here. And anecdotally, most of that growth has really been in the last two years, Hmm. particularly how we've matured as an organization. And so what that means for me as the brand champion is that there are a lot of different sort of brand and marketing opportunities and points of influence across the firm that I need to wrap my head around. It's Mm -hmm. It's a great sort of growing pain to have because it's so exciting to see that happen with us as an organization, but it's not just about, you know, pitch and do deals anymore. It's about how we create value, where DEI comes into play, ESG, recruiting, building community. There's all these different components. And internally, while we have kind of different growing teams managing these pieces, One of my biggest challenges right now, and this is very real time for me, is figuring out sort of how to wrap my head around that from a brand standpoint and making sure we're delivering like a consistent on-brand message that Mm -hmm. can help, you know, again, come back to, it all comes back to getting those conversations with the CEOs and driving deals, but all these pieces really influence that. Yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations on the growth. Growth is amazing. And it, and it also brings a lot more complications, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot more to get your head around. So right. what are the top three KPIs that your boss pays most attention to? Uh, so I think that one of the, one of the great things about the way we're structured internally, and there's this whole like conversation among sales and marketing of like, where does everybody set the sales report to marketing, this marketing report to sales, mm-hmm. where do the BDRs report into as our, you know, tiny marketing team, we, we are part of the deal origination team at LLR, which is the private equity term basically for sales or business development. And that means that m- myself and my colleagues have 
you know, weekly, if not daily, like line into what our BDRs, our version of BDRs, who are called market development reps, are are doing. And they're the ones who are doing that like kind of volume-based email pitching and having those initial conversations with those CEOs. So we definitely have an advantage that we're able to work with them. So in terms of who the boss is, it's the head of origination, or I'll say the head of sales. And you know, from a KPI standpoint, we are just as challenged as everybody else to try to track marketing influence, particularly in an environment where there are a lot of different influencers and a very mm-hmm. long quote unquote sales cycle. But we are, we're still trying to figure that part out. And it has to do with a lot of like pining through data in the later stages of our pipeline to see where we made an influence. The other KPIs would be, yeah, in their simplest form, are we getting more meetings at the top of the funnel? Mm-hmm. Are we keeping those CEOs engaged through our content and on our website for however long it takes for the actual capital mm-hmm. raise opportunity to surface? And then... Do we have kind of an early seat at the table uh, when the company is ready to raise capital? And that could mean, you know, do we get kind of an exclusive deal, which doesn't happen a lot in our industry anymore, but if they're going to hire an investment banker, are we on the short list, you know, going into their actual process, have they already decided that LLR needs to be a part of that? Okay. And finally, what do you and your team hope to accomplish this year? We're trying some new things. So right now we're experimenting with a totally different approach that takes this concept of earning a right to a conversation to another level where, you know, our theme among our team is give to get. And I'll say from a, an email pitching standpoint, it's give and give and give to get. Mm -hmm. So, you know, rather than trying to get that conversation right up front by doing those things I mentioned earlier, demonstrating knowledge creating value, et cetera, can we kind of lean on that content even more to deliver value, deliver more value, continue to deliver value, and then see if we earn that right to the conversation. So that's something new that we're trying to figure out. And also the other big one is sort of how and when can we bring that experiential opportunity with our brand mm. back to in-person? Hopefully as soon as possible. No, everybody's a big <laughs> question right now, and I get it. <laughs> exactly. Well, Christy, thanks so much for that, for a, a really great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's fun. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.